This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Welcome into Early Odds here on 670 The Score. Nope, not Joe Ostrowski. Joe's out this week. I'm Rick Camp here with you until 9 o'clock. That's when Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw will take over. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. And if you've listened to me on this program before, you know that I'm here for the NBA. I know it's the heart of the NFL season, but we're a month into the NBA season. And I really wanted to kind of take a step back. Look at where everything lays about 20% into the regular season so far, how a lot of our futures have moved and just things that we can find actionable either on a team level, league-wide level, futures, awards, all of that. So that's why have with me today and really excited to have my buddy Alex Christensen at underscore noops on Twitter. You see him on Brown Bag Bets, Ace NBA Previews, four for four, and just one of my favorite people to hear talk about the NBA, especially in the betting perspective as, you know, personally, Hey, I'm still learning all this stuff too, alongside with you out there and just, you know, trying to make as much money while enjoying the NBA uh, as we can. So I'm going to talk with noops in a second. Also later in the show, as always a weekly staple, Jim Miller from Hawthorne race course, go over the, M- the NFL card a little bit and see what they have going on. And he's even going to give you a couple ponies that you can bet today at Hawthorne. Let's not waste any more time. Get right into it. Alex Christensen at underscore noops on Twitter. Alex, thanks for making time for me, man. My pleasure, Rick. It's always so fun talking NBA, especially with you. It was such a lovely intro. I'm all all revved up and ready to go. Man, I've just been so ready for the NBA season. Every year, kind of, well, especially with these weird off seasons, it's been sneaking up on me. And I was just binging futures uh, right before the season started. So now to have, you know, some data points as we're about 20% through the season, when it comes to just things that have hit you the most, whether they're league-wide trends or team-specific things, what are a couple of things that have really struck you in this first bit of the season? 
I think, you know, you look at the Eastern Conference, we'll start there. The Miami Heat are really, really good. I thought that they would be good, but I wasn't sure that they'd be able to achieve this this kind of height and this level. I think last season was really tough for that team, not only with, um, you know, having some of the most COVID-related games missed of any team, then having the schedule parts. It was just a brutal, brutal season for them. Curious to see if they can continue to play this well, especially into the postseason. You know, Miami has looked really good to me. You, know, you start to look at the East. Atlanta has had a tough schedule. We talked a little bit about this just before the show. Be careful, Atlanta backers. Don't try buying out of your positions yet. It's just been a really tough start to the season for them, and things should get a lot easier, not only in terms of the strength of the schedule, but injuries, things. You look at the Western Conference, really pumped um, about the Golden State Warriors, was able to get some nice numbers on them to win the title around 14, 15 to 1 to win this season. They have really popped and looked nice in, in a Western Conference that, as as we looked at it before the season, I was really struggling to figure out who would pop. Really loving how poorly the Lakers are playing. I may or may not have a bunch of uh, little tickets on them to miss the playoffs at like 20 to 1 and different numbers like that. But, you know, in general, the bottom of the West looks just like we expected it to. But the top is kind of interesting. Golden State's sick in there. So, yeah, it's been good for Golden State and Miami. I've been really impressed by them. You know, at the same time, I worry about the Lakers, which could be good for me. And then the East has just been kind of a, a mess. You know, Milwaukee is the 10th seed of the playoffs for tomorrow just too many injuries so be careful before you try to make too many bold predictions about the east according to our friends at points bet right now you're outright market to win the title brooklyn plus 275 the lakers are still plus 600 okay the warriors plus 650 milwaukee plus 650 and utah at eight to one so i you mentioned how weird the east has been i might as well just get to it right now for our people listening in chicago on 670 the score what have you thought about the Bulls so far? And what do you think is a realistic expectation for them through the rest of the season as they're just had the game against Denver to end their five game road trip and have a game against the Knicks coming up? And that pretty much ends their stretch of 13 straight games against teams that made the playoffs last year. I think Chicago fans have all the reasons in the world to be optimistic about this team. You know, I don't expect them to finish as the third seed, like where they are right now, but a team that's been playing really well. You're seeing the fruits of a really well thought out offseason, bringing in Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, not only to be better defensive players on the floor, but real true veteran presence in the locker room, I think has made a big difference. I was shocked to hear how many basketball people really questioned and doubted the addition of DeMar DeRozan. What I saw and what I think you've seen to start the season is not a guy that's taking away shots from Zach Levine, but is giving Zach Levine some time and some space. There's finally somebody else on the floor with him who can create their own shot, who can get a basket late in games. And DeRozan is happy, as you can see, this late in his career to take a secondary tertiary scoring role. Um, and for the Bulls to be 10 and 5, given A, how poorly Vucevic has played and a little bit he's played, should give you guys all the optimism in the world. I think that the Bulls have been very good. Um, I've been happy to back them. You know, any night I get a chance to when there's a solid number. And I think that they're going to be a playoff team and possibly competitive. I've had a few people ask me about is there a Bulls future that's worth backing right now? The only one that seems realistic at this point in time is coach of the year. And right now at points, but Billy Donovan, the second favorite at plus 700 with Steve Kerr being the favorite at 600, Eric Spolstra plus 800, Steve Nash, 12 to one. Does anything stick out to you? Kind of. I had this whole plan of like, yeah, we'll do these types of things and then we'll go to awards, but it all blends together so much. So 
It took like what, five minutes and I'm just saying, screw it. So we're just going to roll through <laughs> stuff. Uh, is there anything that sticks out to you in terms of either Billy Donovan, uh, Bulls futures, or just the coach of the year market in general? Yeah, it's, it's tough for, for the Bulls. Unfortunately, the start has been so good that it's taken a lot of value out of the market. You look there, plus 220 to win the division. I assure you, Milwaukee will be fine and, and back at the top of the Central Division sooner rather than later. I think that's probably, honestly, the best number if you're looking for something to sprinkle on. You know, At this point, they've got about a five, six-game lead, and if they continue to play well, might be able to kind of hold it out, you know, similar to the way the Giants were able to do so against the Dodgers in baseball. But Coach of the Year specifically, um, has been kind of interesting. Um, I think that, like you mentioned, having Billy uh, Donovan and the Bulls playing so well kind of messes up the pricing there a little bit. But, um, you know, before the season, I took some Budenholzer, some Nash, as well as some Bogold. I, again, don't really love those tickets, but I think, as we saw last year, you got to be careful with a lot of these awards. I mean, it, it was all season was going to be Quinn Snyder or Monty Williams last year, and then it was Tom Thibodeau. So be careful. Try to avoid overreacting to quick starts and betting some of these small numbers. As much as I think Billy Donovan can win, wait, there's probably a chance for you to get a better number down the line. Yeah, I have no coach of the year positions at the moment. One that's kind of sticking out, and mind you, this is like a really nine times out of 10 and probably even longer odds than that. It's it's bad to bank on guys coming back from injury that are supposed to play big roles, but Michael Malone at plus 2,500 it's kind of interesting. It's if I'm not going to bet it right now, but if nothing else to me, that's something to monitor to see how well the Nuggets can hold serve before, you know, really around the trade deadline and just see if they're able to keep themselves afloat for when Jamal Murray comes back for however long Michael Porter Jr. is out. And really, if they get those guys back in any semblance of form, you know, they could be a team that late in the year, we're like, how did we not see the buildup of this coming? I think you're right. That's a really nice numbers grab on a team that's now struggling with Michael Porter back injuries coming back into the fold, really struggling with Jokic, not only be suspended, but now being kind of hurt. Yeah, if you start to look down some of those bigger numbers, it's been tough. I mean, even somebody like Popovich, the Spurs have really just had it down here. Nate McMillan it might be a good little grab here as a way to kind of bet on some Hawks bounce back. Um, you know, he's somebody that the Hawks have a really good season here and are able to kind of compete with Miami, even get that division title close. That might be good. Um, those are probably the two bigger numbers I liked. Speaking with Alex Christensen, follow him on Twitter at underscore noobs. You can find all his content on brown bag bets ace nba previews and four for four especially on your nba content side i'm camp here with you on early odds on 670 the score in for joe ostrowski joe will be back next week inside the clubhouse coming up at the top of the hour now one of the, the big things especially really early in the season was just how well unders were hitting as of late it seemed like there was a blip for overs and we might be ticking back towards the unders how have you been able to you know really attack totals or have you been more like honestly I have been where I've kind of been laying off totals a, a little bit more than I usually would um it's funny as I go back and look this is a question I get a lot of the times and I do go back and track it for whatever reason I seem to bet spreads and waves and totals and waves and the last couple days couple weeks have really been big for totals I particularly am a huge uh, team total better I think it's a really great way to attack um, and angle and find value, but take away, you know, kind of some variance tonight, uh, particularly um, 
you know, especially, sorry, not tonight, but you look at some games involving teams like Oklahoma City, teams like Detroit that have Houston too. All those teams have really struggled to get to triple digits. You know, you could basically bet their team total any night under a hundred and a half points. And, you know, you look at the team they're playing. If it's a team that can really kind of dominate them and blow them out, not only are they probably going to stay under a hundred, but there might be a situation where that team is scoring a lot. So instead of the full game total, you kind of look at um, team totals. That's been one of my favorite angles. You know, but like you said, unders have been spectacular. I think what we saw at the beginning of the year is a lot of people have noted the change in the foul rules as well as the impact of the crowd. We've seen a lot less fouls, which you know creates less points overall, and shooting rates have come down. And as the market sort of caught up to that, we then had suddenly this just wave of injuries as you start to look um, more so even than the past few seasons in these early games. We've seen less and less players, and things have started to balance out, but um, you still have nights every once in a while. You know, I'm looking at my results here. November 17th, unders were nine and one. The night before that, they were three and oh. But you look before that, five and six, four and three, three and four, one and two, six and seven, one and two. So you have to remember at the end of the day that that betting is really a market and that the NBA totals and, and spreads are pretty efficient. So at some point, things are going to catch up. This ride for unders will kind of be over. And I think we are reaching the point where that's starting to balance. But overall, I think that it can be a little slow to catch up. People do tend to want to bet over. So, you know, I, I think totals have been solid. Continue to look for unders, but look for team totals, especially where it might be a situation where one team, you're a little less sure of what's going to happen versus the other. This may be like me looking too much into it, but considering how good this draft class was and how many of the top dudes are guys that are going to have the ball in their hands. Also just the fact that they're on trash teams, partially because those teams were high in the draft and, and all that, <laughs> all that goes into that. Is there something too, especially early in the year, even outside of the regular league trends of team total unders for teams like Detroit that has Cade Cunningham or Houston that has Jalen green, even though he's more their secondary playmaker or, you know, like all the guards that are in Orlando to just be like, hey, these guys are going to be bad early on. And that's no demerit against them. It's just, you know, that's what rookie ball handlers generally are. So maybe if they're being trusted with everything from Jump Street, that, you know, maybe that could be something the market does have to catch up to a little bit of, oh, there is this hype around this guy, but he's still a rookie. I think that you're definitely barking up the right tree there. I think that that problem is exacerbated by the fact that we had a shorter offseason, less preseason games. But overall, what you see with these bad teams is kind of an extension of the phenomenon of the high number, low number bias. You know, said another way, people hate betting over big numbers and under small numbers. So for books, it's hard to set totals. And again, I talked about those teams, the Detroit Pistons, the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder they really do struggle to score even 90 points some nights, let alone a hundred. So I think because, you know, people are reticent to bet under such low numbers, you know, again, it's 2021. How could an NBA team not score a hundred points? You get kind of that logic stuck in your head and, and people again, shy away from betting under some of these low numbers. And it's just hard to evaluate how bad some of these bad teams are. I've been joking now I'm a week sober from betting the Orlando magic because I just think that team is honestly so bad that you just, you can't figure out what's going to happen on a night i mean they either win or lose by 20 so it's just been a really goofy team so i think you're, you're definitely barking up the right tree there's just a lot of reasons that teams struggle especially some of these bad teams not necessarily fitting into the group that we just mentioned but part of my 
prep on a daily basis is just, just for my own edification. I like to write out what the average total has been in a team's game over the last two weeks for the Boston Celtics. 192 has been the average total in their games the last two weeks, which is just another sign just in general of how strong unders have been and also how good their defense has been and bad their offense has been for Boston. All right, we're going to take a timeout, come back. want to hit on some of these award markets because people love the awards markets and having the futures and sweating their futures. And maybe I have a couple that are doing well so far. And I like to point them out here and there because, hey, I'm dumb on a lot of things, but by God, when I get something right, I'm at least going to point it out here and there. I'm Rick Camp in for Joe Ostrowski on early odds, speaking with Alex Christensen about NBA, but really just the NBA at about the 20% mark of the season. We're resetting where we are, what we think we know as the season progresses inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw comes up at the top of the hour on the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Early Odds. I'm Rick Camp here with you in for Joe this week on Early Odds. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. And it's an NBA day here on Early Odds. I know Joe has been doing a ton of NFL, pounding the NFL. We're going to do that a little bit later in the show with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Talk about survivor picks. I know Joe and Jim have been all over the survivor picks, especially with just a bloodbath. It's been the last few weeks. So we'll definitely talk to him about that. And, you know, Bears Ravens because it's happening. And now that Khalil Mack is done for the season and the Bears are going to be without some guys, it might not be pretty. So let's get back to the NBA side where the Bulls are good and the NBA is awesome. Speaking with Alex Christensen at underscore noops on Twitter, Brown Bag Bets, four for four, ace NBA previews, a bunch of great NBA content 
out there. And Alex, we might as well go right to the MVP market. And is it just as easy right now as it's Steph Curry and then pretty much everybody else and in our friends points bet Steph Curry currently the favorite plus 180 to win the MVP? You know, I, I think you're right. It, it's pretty simple. If the season ended today, Steph Curry would be the MVP. Unfortunately, the season doesn't end today. A lot of people say the season doesn't even start for another month or so. So I think Steph Curry is clearly deserving of being the market favorite here for the MVP. But we've seen his price now get down below two to one. I'm seeing plus 180 from our friends here at points bet. I don't think that number is playable in any way, shape or form, given a, you know, how successful Golden State has been against a less than stellar level of competition so far and B, you know, how Stephen Curry is liable to rest games and possibly even miss some time um, with a possible injury here or there. Again, he should be the favorite, but this number is far too short. I've been staring at Embiid here at, at 20 to one. And to be perfectly honest, in case everybody doesn't know, I'm a shameless Sixers fan. Um, just absolutely love them. But I think people are sleeping on him a little bit here. And if he can come back now, he has had COVID. We've seen this take you know players anywhere from weeks to months to recover. So I'm going to wait and see. But this number continues to drift out and drift out. And if he comes back and, and looks pretty solid in his first couple of games, I think that number's probably gotten to be a little too big. Have you been excited watching the Blazers toil in mediocrity and just hoping that uh, that they could have that game that really is the straw that breaks the camel's back and just maybe Damian Lillard talks are able to start. And I'll apologize for the Bulls that they weren't able to, uh, you know, contribute to that because in the in the first half of that game where the Bulls were in Portland, it looked like the Blazers wanted to be anywhere else. And then they showed up. Yeah, it would be nice, of course, to have Damian Lillard in Philadelphia, but I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he's committed to be there. They, they'd been over backwards in terms of changing the front office, firing the coach, making some moves to keep him there. But as someone with a Portland Trail Blazers regular season wins under ticket in my pocket and a Blazers to miss the playoffs ticket, I love what Portland's doing. I just I think that's a team that's that's well past its peak and I think it's time to, to tear that thing down and then try to build something different. It's the same team for the last three years. Everyone get, has gotten older. The bench is thinner. The coach is worse. The Western Conference in general has, has gotten to be better top to bottom, even though the top isn't really as good. So I've been enjoying the Blazers' struggles and I believe they will continue. In the defensive player of the year market, there's one thing that sticks out to me as a sore thumb of just why now Rudy Gobert's the favorite to at plus 200 at points, but like that's, that's a, of course, like he he's there. Draymond green, second favorite plus 500 bam at a bio plus 600. I get the reputation, man, but Anthony Davis being in the top five for defensive player of the year, it to me is just a sign of people who are betting him have not actually watched basketball this year because like, He's, he can still do so much just based on his physical ability, but I mean, it has just not been even close to this defensive player of the year type level. Yeah, and you have to remember, again, this is a media award. It's based on media voting, and the media knows that Anthony Davis refuses to play center. I, I just don't see him ever garnering enough attention to win this award. Like you said, I always chuckle to see him in the top four to five spots. Rudy Gobert is going to win this award at plus 200 again with the injury risk and, and kind of the 
being tired of voting for Rudy Gobert. If he wins this year, it will be his fourth defensive player of the year trophy in the last five years. Um, I'll stay away from the two to one. Again, I have my uh, kind of one eye on Joel Embiid as that number continues to tick out. He's somebody that will get some attention, um, but definitely don't bet Anthony Davis. I, I don't know if there are any other numbers to attack here. You know, maybe if Giannis keeps starting to, to drift out a little bit too, I don't mind that as well. But it's another market where they've, they've gotten the favor correct. There's just not any value on it. Before the season began, I got Draymond Green at, at thirty at plus thirty three hundred, and obviously second favorite now. Ton of value there. That's awesome. Is he the one non traditional rim protector? Where because of the narrative around him, and, and, and I don't mean to use narrative as a pejorative for him. Just the fact that he is a generational defender, just not necessarily a traditional rim protector that because he's such a well-known commodity, he could be the one non-rim protector that has a chance to win the award. And again, it's tough. You know, you circle back to what I said about it being a media award. Mm-hmm. Draymond has an interesting relationship with some of those guys. So I, I think it's hard for him sometimes to garner the votes that he needs to win. But he, he is going to be someone that, you know, non-traditional center and kind of his size and, and shape, but just a tremendous rim protector. I also don't know if he puts up kind of the blocks and steals stats that, that really pop for a lot of these voters. Rookie of the year got fascinating recently with, you know, you don't ever want to see injuries, but Evan Mobley was the favorite. He's out two to four weeks now with the elbow injury. So Scotty Barnes appoints back the current favorite plus 200, Mobley plus 300, Cade Cunningham plus 350, Jalen Green plus 500, and then uh, uh, fades back a while to uh, Chris Duarte at 16 to 1. Is there anybody you either think has some value at the moment or you're at least keeping your eye on in the rookie of the year market? Uh, This has been a market for me that I've kind of stayed away from all year. If you timed your market entry perfectly, you could be holding like Scotty Barnes, six plus 600, Mobley, like plus 700, and Kate Cunningham, plus 400, and, and you're a genius. But if, if unless you've been able to thread the needle that way, it does seem like a three-player race between Barnes, Mobley, and Cunningham. I don't think Mobley's going to miss enough time to really get knocked out of this award. You know, remember what we saw LaMelo Ball do last year, miss a ton of games and still be able to win this. But yeah, it's Barnes, Mobley, or Cunningham. I'll continue to monitor the odds. If any of those three guides get to be, you know, plus 400 or better, I might place a wager. But this has been a tough market, and I think one of the ones that's been better priced so far this year. Do you trust the Cavs any iota? Because they've, for reference, they have the 21st best net rating according to Clean the Glass, minus 1.1 this year. But to make the playoffs, not the play in, but the playoffs, plus 1,200 at points bet. Yeah, it's hard for me to see them making the playoffs. And, you know, it's kind of weird to say this, but I think a lot of this is based on the expectation that the Cavaliers wouldn't be a very good team. I do trust them night to night. You know, when Evan Mobley's playing, when Jared Allen's playing, when Garland's on the floor, they have the right pieces to be really devastating from a defensive perspective. So um, they've been an underdog. I've been happy to back. I've been happy to bet unders in their games again when those guys are playing. But it is really hard for me to see them again making the play in games, let alone the actual playoffs. Six man of the year just kind of looks like you might as well give it to Tyler Hero right now. But hey, you know, entropy happens, so we never know exactly what could be there. Uh after Tyler Hero, who is the odds on favorite, minus 125. Uh Montrez Harold plus 900, Jordan Clarkson 25 to 1, Buddy Heald 30 to 1, and Ricky Rubio 33 to 1. There's at least some some bigger numbers, even though Tyler Hero has really just been fantastic so far. 
Yeah, this is one of the ones I'm starting to get nervous. I have some hero at some very nice numbers before the year at like 20 to one or better. Um, as you start to look at the rest of the list, Harold's been okay, but I don't think he's stood out. If you were looking to pick up some tickets right now, I think Jalen Brunson at plus 3,500, you can get a points bet. I think that's a really nice number worth a sprinkle. Derek Rose plus 5,000 or 50 to one. You know, we saw the power of New York voting late in the year with Tom Thibodeau. If the Knicks can kind of have you know, a solid second half of the season here, continue to win games. And Derek Rose kind of builds his level. I could see that. And then Patty Mills, 66 to one or plus 6,600 uh, points bet is, is another kind of fun one to sprinkle. I think this is an award where, you know, again, Tyler hero most likely wins it, but you know, we've already seen the last week or so he's a little injury prone. Maybe he picks up a few too many, you know, bumps and bruises and uh, doesn't make it through the season. So it, this is kind of a fun one to go in, you know, sprinkle a few dollars here and there on some lottery tickets. Again, I, Patty Mills, I would look at Derek Rose. I would look at Jalen Brunson. I would look at just try to pick some bigger numbers and, and keep your wagers small. But I think there is some value in kind of that 40 to 60 range. This is early odds here on 670. The score I'm a camp in for Joe Ostrowski. It's the one month mark of the NBA season. So we're checking in on the markets with Alex Christensen at underscore noops on Twitter. Brown bag bets four for four ace NBA previews. This one is very self-indulgent because before the season, I gave out Miles Bridges 100 to 1 for most improved on this program with Joe. Joe trailed me on it. We've been like 90% of our text conversation has devolved into talking about Miles Bridges in one way, shape, or form. So maybe that says more about us than anything else. But the current market at points bet stands at John Morant plus 175. Bridges, the second favorite, plus 340. Tyler Hero again makes an appearance, 12 to 1. DeJounte Murray of the Spurs, 18 to 1. Jordan Poole, 20 to 1. And maybe the interesting one that's just maybe entered the chat a little bit is uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, 66 to 1. Looked pretty impressive in just how his offensive game has progressed to match his uh, defensive ability for the Lakers. Yeah, this is an interesting award. Um, you know, one of the things I like to do before the season, I go through and do a bunch of award previews. Uh, did them for four for four as well on Ace NBA previews. You can go back and find all those at Ace NBA pre previews if you want. But this particular award has some really strong indicators in terms of past winners. And, you know, uh, one of the key things is being a starter. You know, you look at all the most improved players, you know, they basically started in every single game they played, um, you know, for the winners of the last 11 years. Curious to see if, if Taylor Horton Tucker keeps continue to do that the second thing is you need a really big increase in your counting stats on average the last 11 winners saw an increase of six and a half points per game a rebound and a half per game and an assist and a half per game you know so there's some pretty hard kind of prerequisites to jump over i'm curious to see if bridges can continue to be playing the way he does John Morant, it was really tough. You know, he was already scoring a bunch of points per game, but it somehow, you know, pushed it up even further. So I think Morant is in a solid spot. I think Bridges is in a solid spot. But, you know, again, there's not really too much value in that number. As you look down the list, you know, Jordan Poole isn't starting enough probably to get any contention. Darius Garland, maybe, at plus 5,000. He seemed to lock in a starting job with the Cavaliers. But again, I'm not sure he's going to be able to really put up the points and things there. So as you look at this, you know, no names that really stand out to me now, but make sure, again, you're looking for someone who's a clear starter on the team and is going to have a big increase in you know um, traditional stats year over year as i'm looking at the standings and going over some of these to make the playoff props one i found interesting just because they've been off to such a hot start but they were a team that there weren't the highest of expectations for is the washington wizards doing really well you know lost a couple games in a row now but minus 115 to make the playoffs Maybe this far out, that's not quite a number. You just want to basically have your money tied up in necessarily. But how do you feel about 
the Wizards' sustainability, uh, especially with a number like minus 115, which seems fairly reasonable to make the playoffs? As someone that was really bullish on the Wizards this offseason, you know, again, I talked about how good the Bulls offseason was. The Wizards had a tremendous offseason. You know, they moved Russell Westbrook out, bring in Kuzma, a bunch of shooters, signed Dinwiddie, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the league. That team has really been good. I bet they're over on the wins this season. That was one of my favorite plays going into the season. But I will say I'm surprised that they're this good. You know, you know, I don't expect them to continue to be a top four, top five seed in the East. I think at this point they are looking at, at the very least, being in that play-in scenario and being very dangerous there. But I think what you've seen is a team that added shooting, added defense, and didn't really have to sacrifice anything else. I mean, it's it's a really solid team top to bottom. You've seen how well they've played without Beal. You've seen how well they've played with Beal. You know, you kind of made the jokes about Damian Lillard. You're not making any jokes about Bradley Beal. He seems to be pretty happy in, in Washington. So, um, you know, I don't think I'm betting the minus 115 on them to make the playoffs per se, but I think the Wizards are going to continue to be very good. A team that I was a little, I feel like I was a little higher than consensus on, and then maybe it was listening to, you know, a guy that we both know, Matt Moore from the Action Network a lot, is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they, they've been weird. They've been very Timberwolves-y. So far this season, they're plus 290 right now to make the playoffs, not make the play in, make the playoffs. Big distinction for people when you're looking for some of these bets, make sure you're reading. That's not even fine print, but read the fine print on stuff. Also, just make sure you know whether it's playoffs or just to get into the play in. What have you thought of Minnesota so far? And do you trust them further than you can throw them? Uh, this was something I actually talked about, Matt, more on his pocket podcast, the Buckets podcast for the season. The Timberwolves had the single biggest move for a regular season win total. Theirs moved up two and a half, three games, depending on where you look. And it makes no sense to me. I, I think that this team has kind of an interesting starting five. You've got Edwards, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell, I think Malik Beasley is a solid player, but Anytime one of those guys is out, I mean, the rest of the team just looks like a disaster to me. So I have not been surprised at how poorly they've played. Um, you know, I have backed them a couple of times, honestly, at the starting five, especially as a first quarter team. They've been pretty solid. So, you know, as much as I'm down on them, I, th I think there's actually been some value on them. But I was confused at the optimism about them before the season. I continue to be confused about some of the optimism I'm still hearing. I just see, you know, a really, really poor roster and a really, really flawed starting five, despite how talented it is. What are one or two of your uh, your favorite futures that you still have that, or I should say, what's one of your futures that's looking the best so far? Whether it's a win total, seeding, what what have you, award, anything like that that you're already looking at, like, okay, okay, this is this is pretty much money I can bank on already once the season ends. I'd say Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year, is looking pretty solid. Um, from regular season wins perspective, you know, Clippers under 45 and a half, I feel really great about that. Um, and I'm very happy about a lot of my Memphis Grizzlies bets. That team continues to look better and better each night. I think they're finally starting to fulfill some of their potential. So really like a lot of my Grizzlies positions. One thing I've noticed, and, and maybe this is specific to this year, but I know it's kind of how the, the wind totals markets work anyway fading the bad teams and expecting them to be really bad. And then some of the really good teams, at least regular season wise, expecting them to be really good. Like I never understood why the Houston win total was at 27 and a half at any point. And, you know, even I laid minus 120 with it very willingly, like Orlando under 22 and a half feels okay. Just because I don't know, because they're Orlando 
and Utah over 51 and a half, I feel like was one of the most popular ones out there for people in the NBA betting space. But I mean, it's Utah. So what, what are we doing here? And then Utah to be the one seed was beh- we're behind the Lakers, which I feel better about myself of just how absurd that felt to me as the regular season award and just how it's playing out, at least, you know, validating the fact that I'm not a complete idiot when it comes to these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's we again we talked about it. We were talking about totals a little bit. It's the low regular season win totals every year almost always go under. It's just so hard to set those. And at the same end, the higher totals tend to go over. It's just the NBA, it's very cyclical with the amount of teams there are. There's generally two to three teams that win more than 70% of their games and two to three teams that lose, that only win, I'm sorry, win less than 30% of their games. So, uh, you know, you hit the nail really on the head. Houston there, if you can pick who these bad teams are, find ways to load up on the unders because they're usually a lot worse than even people expect. Before I let you go, and I really appreciate your time, what's a piece of advice or two you can give? Because there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are still, you know, pretty novice betters or just really getting into the swing of doing their own prep and trying to, you know, trying to bet the NBA day in and day out. For you, that's a, a much more seasoned NBA better. What are a couple pieces of advice you can give people? I would say that the number one thing I would say to anyone kind of trying to get their start Stop trying to project what's going to happen. Stop trying to figure out and try to build this model that's going to create a perfect number over and over again because that's not really what's valuable. It's A, very hard to do. B, there are several other people out there that can do it, no matter how good of a mathematician you might be, just as good as you're going to do it. What ends up being really valuable day-to-day is understanding where the market is, Look at the closing lines every day. Try to get some sort of process together to try to understand how those closing lines imply power rankings. You know, if, who's the biggest favorite every night? Who's the biggest underdog every night? And, and then try to understand why those lines are moving. You could do very well in the NBA if you can understand the value of certain players, you know, plus or minus. I think an interesting example this year has been Tyrese Halliburton on the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. He's someone that necessarily you wouldn't think of as, you know, having a big difference, you know, a point, two points as, as people like to talk about it. But as you look at what he does in terms of covering up some problems for Darren Fox, really unlocking Davian Mitchell's potential, and then also how poor the guys behind him are. He's someone that, you know, as you looked at for the few games that he was out, the market didn't really adjust. You know, the Kings numbers look the same as they would for the last couple of weeks against certain teams, but I was happy to, you know, go against the Kings in those situations when they were missing Halliburton. And at the same time, when he came back, betting on them because for whatever reason, you know, having looked at the closing lines for the whole season, I was able to identify basically that, you know, the market hadn't adjusted. And I think Halliburton was worth an adjustment. So instead of trying to get the exact right number and predict these things correctly, which is very hard and will drive you insane, try to look at small different ways you you can figure out adjustments the market might not be making appropriately. That's really good stuff. Alex, really appreciate you coming on and dispensing knowledge for me and for the listener out there it really really going to help out as i know i'm still working my way to you know finding my process uh this season and uh really just it's been a fun season so far so it's nice to have it's nice to have the nba back along with everything else going on and uh i appreciate you sharing knowledge with everybody my pleasure rick it's always fun to come on and talk with you guys and of course everybody can find me on twitter at underscore noobs i'm talking nba all the time Absolutely. And if you're a tennis guy, 
big That's tennis right. guy. Love, love tennis, folks. So, yeah, if you're into the bouncy, fuzzy ball, it's the best sport. If you like to bet, it's on 11 months a year, 24 hours a day. I will take you and turn you into a tennis fanatic. I promise. <laughs> All right. That is Alex Christensen. I'll be right back and talk with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse about what they have going on at points bet Hawthorne and a little bit of NFL to get you ready for this Sunday. I'm Rick Camp here filling in for Joe on early odds on 670 to score. Welcome back to Early Odds. I am Rick Camp in for Joe Ostrowski. Joe will be back next week, but you know what time of the show it is. It's time to talk with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Follow him on Twitter at Hawthorne Jim. I mean, Jim, there is so much stuff going on right now in the world of sports in general. I can't imagine how crazy it is over at Hawthorne right now. Yeah, and you know what, Rick? You're right. It's a good crazy, and it's a good crazy for the fact that, of course, you have the NFL going on every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, Sunday night, but then you throw college football into the mix and everything that's leading into the college playoff, and now college hoops is back, and you've got games that are starting as as early as 10 a.m., it seems like, each and every day. You have all these holiday tournaments going on, too, so because of that, our points bet sports books are open a little bit earlier. They stay open a little bit later, but with so much action to get in there, you want to make sure everybody has that opportunity to get their wagers down. And having all three different locations to be able to do that with as well. That's, I mean, that's absolutely huge. Cause I know it's like, I turn on the TV at any hour. Feels like it doesn't really matter what hour there's at least some college basketball team I've never heard of playing, but that doesn't mean I can't make money off of them. And that's the thing. And you're right about that. And it's true. And you get these holiday tournaments too. You start to get some decent matchups early on in the season. And it's weird because everybody's kind of trying to prepare and prep and see what March Madness is going to look like. So people are focusing on these teams early on. But you're right. We have three different locations. We have Hawthorne Racecourse, which is open early every day and goes right along with our horse racing every weekend. Then you have our location in the northern suburbs in Prospect Heights, the southern suburbs in Crestwood. Crestwood's a gorgeous location, too. Huge TVs, the ability to just kind of spread out there. You have couches, you have recliners, you have a really nice setup there. But if you want to go out to any of those locations, you can check it out. Like I mentioned, open early for those wagers. They stay open late to cash those tickets, and you can make sure that you stop out at any time you want and get those wagers placed. Well, now that people have all that extra time, we should probably, you know, try and give them a few things to maybe put a couple shekels on. So I know you and Joe from listening every week, you guys have been all over Survivor (laughs) stuff. Yeah. So what are you looking at in terms of Survivor this week? Here's the thing that's really interesting, Rick, and Joe and I talked about it each and every week. It seemed like, say, the first seven weeks of the season were really kind of easy because there were no major upsets and you had all the teams available to you. Now you start to get down to the nitty-gritty, and that's the biggest concern because you only have three double-digit favorites this weekend. You're, lo- you're looking at Cleveland as a 12-point favorite against the Lions. Tennessee, they're right hovering right around 10 against the Texans, and then Tampa Bay is an 11-point favorite at the Giants. Most people, I'm sure, have probably used Tampa. Mm-hmm. Most people have probably used Tennessee. Cleveland? Maybe you have that available. So then you have to start looking at some of these other teams that could still be out there. The Bills are a team that a lot of people have used. They're a seven-point favorite against the Colts, who are a legitimate team. I hate to say it, Rick. Maybe the game you have to look at in the recent news is the game involving the Beloved, because you have the Ravens coming in. They were a five-point favorite that opened up at about six and a half. 
But now you have the announcement that Khalil Mack is out for the season. That's going to be a big question mark. The AFC is wildly mediocre right now. So because of that, the Ravens with a win put themselves in a great spot for the playoffs. To me, that's probably the play this week, I would tend to think. The Ravens are going to be very tough. The Bears really have, have nothing to play for right now other than development. So I would tend to wonder if the Ravens could be the play this week. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. That's what I was looking at as well. And, you know, you try to take off those Bears colored glasses for a little bit, whether they're like pro or con. And at this point, it's mostly con. But, yeah, I, I yeah. tend to agree with you that, yeah, Baltimore's a team that I don't see a lot of people having played so far. And sometimes you just really got to get strategic. And sometimes it feels like it's just take what's in front of you. And it feels like this is one that even though, you know, it has the line has been heading in the Bears direction over a points bet that, it just seems like a logical time to use Baltimore. Yeah, and that's the thing about it. And right now, everybody who's still alive, first off, kudos to you for still being alive because in so many of these survivor leagues, 85 to 90% of the players are now out. But if you're still alive, you can't even look to next week. It really is that survive and advance mentality at this point. And you're going to run into some of these things where it could be a five-point, a six-point favorite is really a big favorite to you. And it just seems with, with the way everything's trending right now for the Bears, with the way everything's trending for the Ravens, I think this might be the play. Is there anything else you're looking at that seems juicy on this NFL weekend? You know what? There's a couple of other games that I did want to take a look at. And one of the games that was really interesting to me, just kind of looking up and down the board, was that Saints-Eagles game. And the Saints are on the road against the Eagles. The Eagles were favored there, but I think the Saints are just the better team. Jalen Hurts is still kind of developing as a quarterback. Devonta Smith had a great game last weekend. But for the Eagles, are they going to put together two good games in a row? And here's the thing. The Eagles have a 4-6 and six record this year, Rick. They're 0-4 at home. So that's the one thing that concerns me a little bit, too. The Saints getting points. I think that's a team that I like quite a bit. And then the other game that's interesting, the 49ers and the Jaguars. This is a game that kind of started out for a while with San Francisco as a six-point favorite. I saw it crept up to six and a half. The Jags have played a little bit better of late, but I think the Niners are a team that is one of those teams that's still in the hunt in the NFC. I think they can kind of put things together, and I like the Niners as well. I'm with you on the Niners. It just feels like we're at the low point of what people are thinking of the Niners and just them even being on the road, I understand, but under a touchdown to the Jags just seems a little short to me. I was thinking that was going to be just on the other side of, of seven. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. So, all right, extended hours at all locations, Prospect Heights, Crestwood, obviously at Hawthorne in and of itself for all those for everything that's out there. I saw a USC Upstate, and I have no idea where that is, but that's a team that, hey, if they're playing an early game, I might just need a little bit of action. So that's the type of thing I'm here for, uh, obviously. So it's great that you guys are doing that. So, Jim, anything else that we want to get to before we get out of here? You know what? I'm going to give you three horses, Rick, for Saturday here at Hawthorne because we are racing live every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Here's your three horses. Race two, bet the one horse because I'm chocolate. Race three, bet the three amended. And race four, bet the one stop shopping Amy. We'll try to build that bankroll for NFL Sunday and make everybody some cash. Sounds like a plan to me. Follow him on Twitter at Hawthorne Jim. He's Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, really appreciate it, man. You got it. Best of luck. Good luck this weekend, Rick. That is Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse. Thank you to Alex Christensen. 
at underscore noops on Twitter for coming on, talking all the NBA inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is coming up next on The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.